welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck. They are Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. And boys, uh, it is it is the morning after a monumentous occasion uh, here in this country. Um, I'm calling this the Trumpy edition. And uh, what we're going to do this afternoon, guys, is, uh, is just kind of work through uh, all the various emotions around the room, all the various takes uh, that we've heard in our various walks of life about the, the shocker uh, that was the Donald um, winning the election last night, man, which is crazy. And uh, I will say this. Um, I really don't care. Uh, <laughs> I really, really don't, man. And uh, White privilege, male privilege. I'm trigger warning. Yeah. Well, of course, I'm a misogynist who hates everybody. So clearly I don't care. But um, I didn't vote for either of them. I don't feel like I really had a dog in the fight. Um, I feel like everyone has lost this morning. Yes. Um, you know, KK and I were talking about it, about it this morning before I came into work and she said, uh, she said, I'm thrilled that Hillary lost, but I'm sad that Trump won. And for me, that just kind of sums up the whole thing. Um, wasn't that's that sort exactly of the spirit, wasn't that sort of the spirit of the last four months? Like, yeah, it really has he, been the spirit of the last four months. I, I know? know that I know that there are there are lots of people based on voting numbers who do not feel like that. They are happy that a candidate won and absolutely yeah. sad that their candidate lost. But yeah. I feel like for those of us who are trying to vote according to conscience or yeah. wanted a, a leader we could have faith in, we were going to be stuck with an option like that, right? Yeah. Dude, I just think too, like, it's weird you say that, Pipe, because I think at the end of the day, man, like, I don't know. I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. Like, we say vote conscience, but like, does anybody define what that actually means? What does it mean to vote conscience? I mean, I feel like I understand what it means, but I feel like a lot of people, when you would say that to them, it would just confuse them, right? Because if they had a doubt, they, they didn't understand that to be part of what their conscience is that they shouldn't be voting for. Well, it's funny. I was, having, I was having this, I was having this conversation with a friend, uh, yesterday. He had, he had just voted. And, uh, and so, you know, I, uh, nobody was trying to persuade the other of what we should do, just sort of talking through the, the complexity of it. And yeah. you, you can't vote conscience because, because ev- you, unless one candidate happens to, to have every single conviction that you have, you can't vote conscience. You have to vote kind of the person who is closest to what you can deal with. Well, yeah, you got to feel right. So part of it is just like making a vote without, you know, with making making a vote for rather than thinking you're making it. And we can talk about this this idea of voting against rather than for because I, my whole thing with that is that you're always voting for. Right. You're never really voting against. Totally. Agree. There's no such thing as against. It's only for. And um, and I think that's kind of what we ran into with this in terms of people with their conscience, because their conscience is saying, well, I don't want to vote for him. So I'm probably just going to vote against the other person. But again, that's not conscience voting. Right. Yeah. And and this year we were stuck with the quintessential, you know, rock hard place or which pile of poop stinks the least. I mean, it was just it was (laughs) it was not a great set of options to choose. from. I think it's been a super I think it's been super fun. I, you know, I think um, when we look back on this, guys, we're going to think this was an enjoyable process. This was a great election. And I think, uh, you know, I think we're going to look at the next four years with a lot of uh, a lot of hope. And you really wish we'd carry into the holiday spirit, don't you? Like, Absolutely. Oh, Christmas, is, Christmas time is here, <laughs> as our friend uh, Peanuts would say. <laughs> guys, can I tell you about a couple of things just to shape this discussion that I'm enjoying the most about the morning after the election? 
Um, again, this is a time. I appreciate in which you I, adding the election to the morning after. That could have gotten really uncomfortable otherwise. Exactly. Big G, hold uh, on. Before you go on, man, are you yeah. still wearing your I Heart Voted sticker or whatever those stickers <laughs> Baby, are? Baby, that's actually one of the things I want to talk about. So I wanted to right. talk about um, our obsession with letting people know that we voted and um, and the, the sort of like ballot selfie um, phenomenon and just the, the, the kind of self-congratulatory nature of people letting other people know that they voted. And you, you guys educate me and fill me in because I feel like that that thing, that um, that 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 episode, that uh, that kind of attitude has been just ratcheted up this time. I don't feel like that was ever as obnoxious as it as it was yesterday. Am I right? Well, I think you just described the nature of social media, and that is every yeah. year we need to be more obnoxious than the year prior about yeah. everything, whatever Man, it is I that we hold like it on Twitter, by the way. I, well, Twitter misses you. Uh, yeah. You know, the the get Ted on Twitter thing hasn't uh, hasn't paid off yet. But no, no I, yeah, it's so yesterday and I knew it was coming. I mean, it's you know, you wake up in the morning and know that this is going to happen on Election Day. Yeah. But it still blew me away that I, it was something like 85 percent of the posts in my Instagram feed and on Facebook especially were photos of people's I voted stickers. I heart voting. Yeah, I heart voting. I voted, or or the you know some states got very clever, and instead of a heart, they had the uh, the shape of the state. Uh, yeah, that was and, our state. Yeah, know, the Ohio, I heart state voting. The uh, the Ohio uh, the Ohio. The, I mean, because Ohio is such an iconic state shape, everybody could pick that out. Uh, oh the yeah. Only, I'm, the only reason I knew it was Ohio was because another friend from there um, had tagged the location on his post as Cleveland. So I was like, oh, that's what that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was seventy five, eighty percent of the posts, and people were so excited to be civic heroes. Mm. Yeah, I don't just don't understand. I just you know, I guess I don't know. It's maybe it's my background, but why? why is it because we have this? Is it because like we have this right to do it? So we think it's all it's awesome because we have the right to do it, and we're. We're like we're basically. But this um, is not a new thing. We've had the right to do this for like three hundred <laughs> no, years. No, I know, and maybe it's because I don't. And T, maybe you can speak to this, but like, I didn't grow up. Like, I did not grow up in like a like a, a very like politically like voracious family. You know, like my dad voted. He was a Navy guy. He was, yeah. you know, he was super conservative. Loved America, but like, mm-hmm. man, like when it came time to like voting day, like he wasn't like doing like handstands out the door, just like counting the minutes before he could get into the voting booth and then you know wearing like 19 i heart california voting stickers i mean it just was like he voted he kind of knew what he was gonna do we never talked about it you know he was like you know keep the liberal politicians out of out of you know i feel like we might need another white male privilege trigger warning here because i've i'm certainly the way that we feel about this is is influenced by the fact that People like us have had the yes. right for 300 years, and there's lots of people in the country who have not, and who had to work very hard to get it, or totally. who just became citizens, uh, you know, coming from another country, and so this is this is a genuine privilege that uh, that it, you know that they did not have for a memorable portion of their life. But the people, right, but, 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 but only- the people I'm talking about posting this are are people like me. That's exactly. what I mean. That's what I mean. So like we, we're only so we're not we're not. 
So again, coming from the angle we're coming from is the only angle we can come from, at least from an experiential point, you know? So for me, it's like, yeah, it just wasn't, yeah, I had the privilege of, of having it not be a big deal because it was right there in front of my face. Um, but yeah, but yeah, here's what I think you're getting at, baby. Our dads were both like, you know, hardworking guys, keep to yourself guys. Um, I grew up in the Midwest in a time where you didn't publish your every thought and emotion. And in fact, doing so was what would get you made fun of. You know what I'm saying? But well, now. We yeah, live, yeah, yeah. Now we live in a world where, God forbid, you have a thought or an emotion that doesn't get you know, broadcast everywhere. So as you go to vote, as you think through who you're voting for, as you mourn the day after, whether it went your way or it didn't go your way, um, everyone you know, everyone in your sphere, social media wise is, is privy to that information. And one of my favorite things about today, man, that I get the biggest kick out of is everybody posting their, their, their sort of deep, angsty, thoughtful postmortem, uh, social media tweet or, uh, or Facebook post, you know, one guy, you know, we're in academia, so you have to be sort of more over the top with this than anybody else. Somebody posted a, like a six page poem about America, you know, and it was, it was, was it really office. a poem, big T? What's that, baby? Was it really a poem? Because that's Dude, was, that's ridiculously awesome. Oh, it's ridiculously awesome. Did it ri- did it rhyme, or was it more of like a Whitman piece? No, dude, it was more of a. It wasn't Whitman, man. I forget who it was, but it was more of a like like ah, this is the America I long for kind of thing. Roses are red, violets are blue. I voted. Yeah, I, you should vote too. I, I voted know, third then, party, and it's all my fault. Context. <laughs> you know, you get the, the 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 Bible verse dropped dropped in there just for traumatic effect, and I don't know. I get a kick out of all. Did that, you say man. dramatic or traumatic? Uh, dramatic, but it could be traumatic. Yeah, I, mean, I like dramatic. Dramatic yeah. sounds. Dramatic's actually a, a true to life drum machine, boys. Just in case you didn't know that, and you probably didn't know that. So that's that was clever, Big T. I'm going to throw that one at you. I'm going to give you some kudos on that. Thank you, baby. Now, Good roll with that guys. word. Let me ask you guys what you uh, what did you do last night during the election? I watched the Timberwolves lose because they're a young <laughs> team who can't close out a game. Piper, I literally don't believe that you weren't watching the election. There's no way you weren't watching it, man. No, Come I'm on. absolutely serious. I I did not watch one minute. I I did have CNN.com open until about nine o'clock when I got tired of it. And then I read a book, and then I fell asleep at about 10 o'clock, and I woke up this morning and found out that uh, it was the end of the world. I watched my son's eighth-grade basketball team lose because they're a young team who can't close out a game. So <laughs> Slightly younger we, than the Timberwolves, but only a little. Yeah, only just barely younger. So we Did they lose it. because everybody on the team voted for a third-party big T? Is that no, why we, they lost? No, we lost because <laughs> they were voted third-party. America lost because they voted third-party. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. how this works, Ronnie. Now, I'm boys, sorry. I want you to explain that, man. Why am I like the because I voted for a third party? How does that Why work? are you what? Say it again. I was coughing. I didn't hear you. So, Mark, you know what to do there. But say it yeah. again, Big T. Why am I the devil because I voted for a third party candidate? Well, no, why is anybody that I – see, I haven't gotten that vibe at all about like the, the devil is in the third party. You know what I mean? I, explain no, the, that one to the, me. The people who are coming with that take are the ones who voted for Hillary, who genuinely wanted Hillary to win, and because because – the, the assumption is you voted third party instead of voting for Hillary um, as a – you know, and so if you had voted for her instead, maybe she would have won and we wouldn't be stuck with um, you know, whatever it is, Hitler Jr. as president. So it's, yeah, but what's it, the assumption there? The assumption, the assumption there is, is, is that, that you were choosing between Hillary and third party and I actually think for most 
people who come out of an evangelical background, as the statistics show, the choice was really more Trump or third party, or in my case, not voting or a third party. Because well, that's I, what it was for me. It I was either it was either it was either no president or third party. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so and so I, I mean the really all it is is lashing out because you're you're really angry that Trump won, which I can understand. Like I, I get the anger that he won. I don't get the anger directed at actual people. Well, because you have to blame somebody. Right. Let, let me ask you a question. Do you feel like, and we all kind of come from the same, you know, we, we all live and move in the same circles right now. I mean, do you feel like in our circles, kind of uh, white, uh, college educated, affluent, whatever circles, like, do you feel like, being grieved over Trump's victory is the only sort of intellectually defensible way to feel today. Cause I'm kind of getting that vibe, man. Like if you're not all like, well, I just, you know, wringing the hands I just and got called out. I just got called out on Twitter literally 30 seconds ago for, for uh, being disaffected. So yes, I think you're right. I because apparently I'm not upset enough. Yeah. Um, my, Dude, look, I'm upset, man. I mean, I, I'm upset. You're upset. Pipe, I know you're upset, man. I right. know you're probably more upset than I am. I've been up, but, but here's the thing. I've been upset for months. But yeah. I mean, it's, to me, I mean, I'm I'm going to I'm going to Bible juke this. You know, there's there's the story of when when David committed adultery and mm-hmm. then and then uh Bathsheba had a son and his son was ill. Yeah. And and he grieved and he mourned and all of that and then the son died and he got up and he washed his face and he went about his business because at that point what's done is done. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I feel about this. I'm like I, you fought your heart out for those of you who did. Yeah. Uh, up until this point, now we've now we're stuck with this guy. So what are you going to do for the next 4 years? If you yeah. sit there and gripe and moan for the next 4 years, uh, it's mm. going to be a crappy 4 years for everybody. I mean, if he makes it 4 years, I wouldn't bet on that. I would bet on him you know, something happening that removes him from the presidency before that point. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Dude, what do you think about that, man? What's the over-under on how long Trumpy lasts in the presidency? I, I feel like it's kind of like it's kind of like leaving a toddler at home alone. You know, you, you, you can say, like, sit on the couch and watch this movie and, and hear some snacks, but you know it's not going to go well. Yeah, dude. That, that's, dude. That's, Did that's you do that with like, your toddlers? I mean, is that... Is that a thing? Dude, that- no, I would never do that with a toddler. <laughs> the same way that I wouldn't let Trumpy run the country, man. But <laughs> just wanted to double check. I mean, it was just- no. I, I mean, I feel like I'd put the over under at like twenty months. So it's all right, twenty months. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking like not quite half a term. I was gonna, I was gonna put the over under at two years and then take the take the under. So yeah, I give it, I give it less than two years. Big R. Yeah, I just don't think we live in that world anymore. I don't think these guys can get – there's just too – it's too complex and I don't think these guys can, can get impeached anymore. It's just mm-hmm. – by the can, time by the time that would happen, the term would be over anyway. I just don't – I just think there's too much red tape now. That I mean that, yeah. yeah, that's a good possibility. But like he is scheduled to go on trial next month, a criminal trial for felony. Is that really going to happen though? I, well, I don't know. I mean, like you said, the, the the justice process and red tape is insane, and I'm sure they can get continuances and whatever else. But he, the man, has been accused of felonies that that are pending. That's yeah. But I mean, are those things really? Because I never really believe that stuff's going to happen or go through. I mean, is that well? For I don't. Real, I don't it? have any confidence that it will either. I guess I'm just saying, like, if this is where he's starting out, and then like the president is under 
Like Trump has never been under scrutiny by people who actually have the power to do anything to him because mm. because he's been able to sort of game the system. You can't game the presidency, I don't think. Not in the same way. So I yeah, I, I think if, if if there's a president who can get himself removed from office, I bet it's Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, people say that every time though somebody's elected, right? I mean, it's kind of the thing where all the naysayers are like, "Oh, he's he's going to last 20 minutes and then Eight eight years later, there he is. Right, but most of that. I, but here's the thing: like, there's there's most of that is simply a sentimental. Like, I don't like the Democratic nominee, or he's inexperienced. He's going to make a mistake. Like, Trump's already made mistakes. He's already committed criminal acts. He's a tax evader. He's a whole bunch of stuff that that once he gets into the office, that stuff is going to be it's different. You know, like people said that about Obama, but Obama didn't have a checkered history. He was just yeah. a liberal Democrat who conservatives didn't like. Yeah. Right. And he was right. a relatively inexperienced politician. Okay, so here's here's something, man. So I li- so I, I it's the first time I've ever listened to the briefing with Albert Moeller this morning cuz I was just driving <laughs> and I was curious. Our, he claims our Albert Moeller. Our Albert Moeller there Maybe, is Ronnie his, Ronnie Albert. No, I don't know what his first name is. <laughs> we'll what, what, what was his, uh, what, what was his general demeanor this morning? Well, I mean, it's just it just sounds like he's reading the whole time and everything is really well spoken and it's just very factual and journalistic in tone. And, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of emotion, but um, but he claims that 86 percent of all evangelicals voted for Donald. Yeah, I've I've seen statistics saying 80 and 90. So whatever he's looking at, it fits the same bill. I mean, that is the dude. So how come serious question, man? How come everybody's walking around? A place like my university or probably the Lifeway building, like wringing hands and rolling eyes about Trump. I mean, are yeah, these just people that like got into the voting booth and when push came to shove, they voted for Trump? That's probably part of it. I also think that like we're in that majority small tribe part of uh, evangelicalism that, that that didn't, you know. Yeah, so. yeah I think it's. Yeah, I think I think it has more to do with the I think it's more indicative of how out of touch we are. Yeah, with, for sure. With no, there's the no doubt about that. The vast majority of evangelicalism, yeah. because and, what, and, because, and also and also how evangelicalism is defined. Like that's those are yeah, statistics put together by people who probably don't ever go to church, and so they would define evangelical as like non high church Protestant. Which yeah, there's a lot right. of those who are nothing like us. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we're all good. But here's the thing. So like just for the just for the sake of saying, hey, we still got to be brothers and sisters here. I mean, we're going to be going to churches on Sunday where, you know, seven out of 10 people in the congregation, you know, decided to vote for Donald Trump. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's speak, really what speak. That's really yourself. what. Oh, wait, no, I go to I go to a Southern Baptist church. There's it's so that would be nine. nine that would be 10 out of 10 at your church, uh, Piper. Yeah, I'm the exception to the rule. I mean, what? Okay, so at your church and I'm not going to talk about my church, but your church, Big T, like, what Uh would you say? What would you guess would be the percentage? Dude, my church, I'm guessing. Oh, five out of 10 church kind of fits. My church kind of fits more into this ethos of of what we're talking about, where you have to kind of walk around and, and ring hands about Trump and be too smart for him. So. Um, but I they still could have made an against vote. They still could have been against voters. You they, know yeah, they yeah, voted, they voted against Hillary, even though. So what they did is they voted against Hillary in their minds and for Trump in reality. Yeah. In reality, I'm going to guess, given that dynamic that you guys just explained, probably 50 to 60 percent of our church voted for Trump. And 
the other 40 to 50 percent probably went third party or didn't vote at all. Um, yeah, that's just a wild guess, though. I think the uh, other the other I saw a statistic it was about an hour ago before we before we started recording that that I think was super telling. So if, if, if it was 90, 80, 85, 90 percent of evangelicals, it said something it said Trump won 76 percent of the counties in the country that have a cracker barrel in him. And he won twenty two <laughs> and he won twenty two percent of the counties that have a Whole Foods. Ah, so I mean, it was just know, it was this really interesting breakdown of along socio along socioeconomic out. lines. Yeah, yeah, but out. you know, it's weird. Mueller was saying. I mean, he talked. He kind of talked a little bit to that, and he just said. I mean, Mueller was talking. He was kind of speaking from like a very like shocked perspective, you really? know. And he's well, because he was saying, look, states that states that Trump should have never won, like won, you know, like like Florida, and you know, I forget some of the other states he mentioned. Ohio, I guess, really Ohio, and um, and just so he said, really, he said, there's there's some interesting statistics that again he said are going to take time to sort of ring out and figure out um but it it kind of goes it kind of goes to what we talked about a little bit earlier which was a lot of people were these last minute against voters so yeah, for sure. for a lot of people it's that i don't like him but i dislike her so much it's better than her but i'm really not for him which of course i disagree with because i think an against vote is really just a for vote no matter how you yeah. slice it yeah. um because well, I thought every, that was every vote puts somebody in office. Like if I could have gone in there and said I'm simply going to vote not to put one of these people in office, I absolutely would have done that. Yeah, but there's no option right, on the ballot exactly. for an there's, against vote. Everything is a for vote. Right. You're not. You never vote against a thing unless it's a motion in a. In, but you, you're never when there are names on a ballot, you are voting for a person to take office every time. And and that that math seems to escape a lot of people. Who are now wringing hands that Donald Trump became president, even though they checked the box next to his name. But then, so okay, so then the other thing Mueller said, which I thought was interesting, and I'm just going to sort of communicate it in Ronnie Martin, our Joseph Martin language, instead of our Albert Mueller language. But um, but he basically said, um, he basically said, like you know, in a sense, it's like the Democrat part. I mean, the Democratic Party with Hillary. I mean, like how. How bad does that have to be to where you actually get beaten by Donald Trump? You know, he, he may cut. You know what I mean? Like for, for that, like for them as a party to be so discombobulated that they couldn't beat Donald Trump yeah. is, uh, is kind of like flabbergasting. Well, I saw, right? Yeah. I mean, I saw a statistic that said um, Hillary in like Mitt Romney in his presidential campaign loss got more votes than Trump did in his win. So right. I mean, it's the, in terms of in terms of like people's in, uh, the candidate's impact on the party and on the public. Mm-hmm. There was a, the voting numbers were way down this year, down for like you know the least in maybe three or four elections, something like that. Oh, really? I hadn't heard that. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I that was the the latest I saw. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think I think both parties stink, and I think that's the problem. But the but the other I mean, but the but Christians evangelicals are still voting party lines like yeah. why is it so hard why is it so hard to just say i'm not putting my name behind either of those people i will either vote third party or i won't vote now granted not voting doesn't gain anybody anything but mm-hmm. but it but if a portion of those evangelicals hadn't voted for trump he would not be president Elect. Well, I mean, pr- principally, it's going to come down to uh, pro-life and Supreme Court justices. I mean, but that's he's it. not pro-life. Anybody who says that he's well, pro-life I, I, is yeah, so I full agree. of crap. I agree. 
That's just yeah. nonsense. I mean, well, what I'm, I'm saying I'm, is like, how do you tr- how do you trust that he is who he says? You know what I mean? Right. So what you're doing is you're saying like anything that he says he is based on his character. Somehow you're you're believing him now. Oh well, he said he's that. Well, based on his character, what would you say? Well, he said he's that, so he must be that. Now, the, the, a, the the uh, I, the biggest issue for me in this whole election. I mean, there's aside. I mean, Trump's character is the biggest issue, but. The, the blind loyalty to the Republican name. If Trump had run third party, right. evangelicals would have voted for the Republican candidate. Mm. Yeah. They, they vote for the party, and they can say it's an issue vote, but that's because the Republican Party is known as the conservative pro-life party, even though pro-life uh, means a significant amount more than – the lives of the unborn and the Republican Party has a weak track record in every other aspect of it. As you well stated in your uh, in your blog, by the way, well, thank you. Pipe. So I appreciate good job. That. Yeah. But I just there's a lot of there's a lot of Reagan biographies laying around in a lot of living rooms, man. Yeah, I, I think those those ties are still strong. You know, dude, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I think the I don't know what it looks like to to separate the conservative evangelical loyalty from the Republican Party because in people's minds the there are only two options democrat or republican and they in their minds politics are are attached to one of those things and they're not attached to anything greater like actual yeah. issues and mm-hmm. and the governmental system then handcuffs us so when we get a like we get a situation where there's two abhorrent options mm-hmm. you you know you you're left with Vote third party, which which then you get blamed, you get blamed and, and called the one who's at fault, or not voting, which also makes you at fault, or voting for one of those candidates, which also makes you at fault. So there's you're kind of left with with uh, a, a pretty unpleasant set of choices. Five Guys, you know who the you know who the winner here here is, Big T. You're the winner. You're the, you're <laughs> the winner, Big T. Big, big T's the winner. Well, Saturday, Saturday, the winner. Saturday Night Live might be the big winner. Because you're oh, going to get sure. you're going to get a ton of Alec Baldwin over the next twenty months, and possibly Dude, just a got bit real after easy that. for SNL writers, you know. <laughs> yeah, how can how can <laughs> Alec? Let's talk about that. That's a little more interesting, and we don't have to apologize for having this be the most serious. Happy Ryan episode in, in the history of our show, but um, dude, I'm so dude, pistachios, man, I'm fine. I got. I know I can hear the cracking, and it sounds delicious. I wish somehow you could teleport some of those over here, big. Maybe team. I wish I could too. I would do that for you. You know what I wish? I wish you could teleport those and yourself over here so that we could eat pistachios together and oh. talk about how Alec Baldwin, as a special guest, is going to have to. Uh, is how he's going to have to be the the Trumpster for for the next four years. How does dude, that? It's work? funny about Baldwin, man. So we're we're big fans of the show Thirty Rock. And uh, on which Baldwin made a living out of playing like kind of the stereotypical Republican douche, right? I mean, yeah, he, he was he wasn't he like he was over the top, like rich, over the top, rich, stodgy funny, Republican. Man. And the, the great, great thing about that show to us was how that show would really it, it would really skewer people on both sides of the aisle. So um, they heartily made fun of kind of Democratic stereotypes as much as they made fun of Republicans via the Alec Baldwin character. So. Um, Baldwin is well versed in uh, in, the, in the kind of comedy that he's going to be doing for the next um, at least two years, maybe four. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't it's going to be funny. It's going it to be funny. Fun. Yeah, because I, I know he did. He played that. More, just go ahead. Let me take this in a more hopeful direction for you, right. Pipe. I know you're you're probably hurting more than Big R and I. Um, if you can, you can pick, just hear it, you can just hear it bleeding from Pipe, can't you? You can hear it in the voice, man. I know. You it's, can, it's, man. There's a lot of tears coming off that 
off that brow right you wish, now. Don't you wish you and I could care as much as Pipe does? I mean, you I know feel what, like man, I, I'd, I'd like to someday live in a world that that I that I did, and and I don't know if we're ever going to have that world or experience that. Maybe world. you and I are old. We're jaded. There's something inside of us that Pipe still has that has that has died in us. You know, he does I mean? he has well, that? Give he it, has that give youthful it, Give it twenty months. It might be dead in me too. <laughs> it might. It might. Pipe, let me ask you this: If you could choose any Minnesota-based sports celebrity Ooh. to be the president besides Trump, who would it be? Minnesota based um, celebrity. Hmm. Minnesota. Uh, so, are we talking a little uh, like Bud Grant? Are we going uh, Kevin Garnett? Um, Garnett's as crazy know, as man. Trump, although I think he's less abusive of everybody else. Although he's quite verbally abusive in a competitive situation. Um, exactly. Uh, I don't know. J- Joe Maurer is sort of the uh, the Mitt Romney of Minnesota sports people. Yeah. Just sort of the. Clean Dude, cut, run of the mill. Everybody he's likes clean, him. He presents well. He's not going to say anything interesting. And he's but so boring. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Hmm. You know, I, I might have said Tory Hunter when uh, when he played okay. for the Twins. Um, yeah. Because he was you know, sort of a charismatic leader. You know, leader yep. in the clubhouse kind of guy. Um, may have said Teddy Bridgewater, but hard to say how much of a leader he is right now. Yeah. Hmm. Man, there's not a ton of options right now. I know you didn't ask me, Big T, but I go with Ron Say. Oh, the <laughs> penguin! Baby, if only we lived in a world where the penguin could be our president. See, you know I, what? We actually we actually do live in a world where the penguin could be our president. He just wasn't on the ballot, but he just isn't. If I told you I wrote him in, what, how would you feel about that? Would you be proud, shocked? Full of pride. You would you would be full of pride because I put in a 1970s 1980s Dodger third baseman yes. into the yeah I know you would be I know that would I, that would just swell you up with I pride. I would also vote for Ron Say over current candidates, even though I think he retired before I was born. Um, when did wait he did he play into the 80s? Dude, he played yeah. into the 80s. He okay. played like. He, he had a cup of coffee with the Cubs at the end, man. Which yeah. is kind of how I consumed the. That's people. right, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. I, yeah, Ted. I think the answer to your question is uh, is currently uh, it's got to be Carl Anthony Towns for the Timberwolves, but he's a little young. Okay. But in yeah. terms of in terms of ability, charisma, uh, and Lots the, li- upside there, the likelihood that he will succeed, as yeah. well as I mean, he I've never heard him say anything wrong in an interview. Like everybody likes him, and not like a not like Joe Maurer. Everybody thinks he's nice, but like. Yeah. People actually people love him. to hang out with him. He's a he's actually a fun drawn. Dude. Yeah, people Kid, actually are drawn to him. Kids love sure. him. Women love him. His fellow teammates love him. Coaches love him. Opponents love him. Everybody loves him. So yes, yep. I think it's Carl Anthony Towns uh, for president. Okay, so besides sports ball teams, who uh-huh. would you guys, if you could pick anybody to to be the president right now? Like realistically, I'm not talking going back to Lincoln, but like yeah. like a current dude, current dude or woman, who would it be? Okay. Hmm. Who? Man, that's tough, Big R. That is tough. That is tough because I'm telling you, it feels like an easy question at first. But then after I say it, I realize, oh, my gosh, like I'm afraid. I'm afraid to say anybody right now. Can I say Michelle, some, can I say Michelle Obama? Sure, you, you know, say one of my you students want. said that, man. One of my students said that today in class, and, and he got some like really nice – like coolness points for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, that's almost I mean, like any, anytime, anytime a privileged white person says Michelle Obama should be president, we get we get credit for it. Even, oh, if, most even if we mean it. Um, Dude, you get absolute points and credit for that. And um, yeah, it's almost like at a Christian college saying that, like, you used to be a Buddhist for a little while. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I tried transcendental meditation. Yeah, your, your coolness goes through the roof at that point, man. It's crazy. 
You mean when you used to be a Buddhist at 14 years old? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. Back when I was a Buddhist through my 10s and 12s. Yeah, 10s and 12s, man. Those middle school years. You guys didn't up. answer the question. You just said it was hard and then started and then started talking about how hard it was. So, Dude, yeah. Okay. Ryan, um, I got to get serious here. I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, yeah. Could be business leader. Could be could be actor, entertainer. Could I mean, be yeah. – uh, I mean you throw it out there like – do you want Stephen Colbert to be president? Do you want – You know um, what? That's not a bad option at all. I don't think anybody would really have a problem with that to be honest. You know what I mean? At least – you know, just get a funny guy back in there. Jimmy, Jimmy I, I would, Fallon? I would love – yeah, I would love a funny president. Like how fun would it be to have like a dude that was like just like kind of cracking jokes like when he's up there doing the – Dude, have you ever had a funny president? I, feel I like mean Reagan like, was kind of funny but you know that was probably yeah. – See, I – Reagan cracked jokes. That was legit. Because oh, well, he, he was, was an enter- he was an entertainer before he was. I mean, for decades before he was the president. So, uh, dude, he would always he like start of- like he would always crack jokes in his speeches. I mean, I'm not saying he was the funniest man alive. No, but, but like he, he went. You don't, yeah. yeah, you don't see any of that anymore. I mean, that's just unheard of, right? right. Yeah, dude, I'd go for Colbert. I mean, I wouldn't even. What I would what about guess. what about actors who have played really impressive fictional presidents? So, like Harrison, uh, okay. well, I mean, well, Ford. Who knows anything about his actual presidenting? He was great uh, on an airplane, but uh, no, I was I was thinking about like Dennis Haysbert, who played um, David Palmer in Twenty Four, was was uh, really I good. Got you on that one. Or the uh, the guy from uh, Martin Sheen from West Wing. Okay. Uh, both of them, I feel like they could play a really good president. Maybe they could actually pull it off. And Dennis Haysbert Dude, has the you voice. You should play the president. He was a major. You should play the president on designated person, guys. Can we get back to but that first? But second? I thought that was about a small town mayor. Does that oh. is the president yeah, coming to town? Yeah, but somebody still has to be president. Somebody has to be president. <laughs> Maybe you the know? president is coming to town, and the small town mm-hmm. mayor has to has to coordinate the event. Mm. That's right. There yeah. We go. Right. So yeah, I mean, uh, I think it goes back to Stephen Col- <laughs> Stephen Colbert. I mean, pipe, I, I, got a TV. I mean, I don't know. I got a TV press for you, Pipe. Who's that? Um, did you see the the turd movie Olympus Has Fallen? Uh, in fact, I did. I did too, man, and and I was entertained by it, even though it was a bad wow. movie. But yes. uh, the president in that film was Aaron Eckhart, who's yes. an actor that I really like from the movie Thank You for Smoking, um, in which he was very clever and he did a lot of acting. But in Olympus Has Fallen, he played the president, and as far as I could see, his only acting objective um, within the first like five minutes of the movie, he got lashed to like a a, a, a I don't know, like a bar, like a like a banister, like a pipe stair, or something, right? Yeah, a pipe or something, and he was gagged, and he did nothing through the whole movie but like writhe and grunt around. And I thought it was, it, it was magnificent. If, if you've seen the delightful sequel, London has fallen. He, he I haven't seen it. Is he in that? He he is. As is uh, uh, the other guy who played the, the Secret Service agent. Uh, yeah, Gerard Butler. Gerard, that's guy Jerry Butler. Yeah. Um, and uh, he uh, he does a little bit more acting in that one. I mean, okay. acting in quotes, but I mean, he he says lines. He's a very, I mean, he's an incredibly me, you guys make me actor. feel bad for liking Christmas movies, and you're talking about you're talking about Olympus is fallen. Oh, dude, I love a bad action. Movie. No, wait, no, wait, wait. When have we ever dude. made you feel bad? We have. Yeah. I have made fun of these things, and you have never felt bad. There's yeah, no making you like that silence right there. There's that no making you feel gold, bad. Huh? <laughs> you 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 so revel in Christmas that there is no making you feel bad. Well, I just don't believe in guilty pleasures. That's why. So. Well, and Gosh, you know, it's funny nor about should show. you. 
can I can I just break down this app real quick? What's funny about it is that when we that when there's we, nothing funny about it, but go yeah, on. Yeah, when we got in our pre-production meeting, we were all like, "Oh, well, I have plenty to talk about with Trump." But this episode has sucked, man. <laughs> what should we do? Should we like? How do we give everybody a refund on this app? Dude, I guess funny. we this don't. Just like random disjointed episode. We've talked over each other. We've all been like not super keyed up about the actual topics. This show has sucked. Well, this is this is what happens when America gives us a poo-poo platter of something that we, <laughs> we're obliged to talk about because we couldn't come on and talk about just anything because – But maybe it would have been epic if we had come – what if – no, no, that's not true. Pai. We blew it, man. We should have come on and literally not mentioned one thing about it, just acting like – Business as usual. Okay. Right? Well, what if what if we stop this recording very shortly, uh-huh. and we record a second episode about non-political things, and we give yeah. people two options to choose from? Dude, I'm down. Let's do a 20 minute non-political app. Okay. Hey, so uh, we've wandered to and fro. This has been a terrible app. Uh, until next time, Rachel the Held Evans. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.